All right, y'all. Anybody heard of this thing? AI? Uh, it's kind of a new topic. Uh, no, this has been around for a while. Uh, of course, we know that it's it's very top of mind for many of you, as it is for us as well. And so I'm excited to to talk about this today. I'd be lying to you if I said I have all the answers or every single prediction and thing that you need to know about how to implement this into your current sales and marketing strategies. But what we can do is talk about this from a principle-based um, a point of view, right? What are the principles that matter the most when we're talking about AI and how can we leverage this ultimately to become the, the trusted voices that we want to be within our industry? And so as we think about this today, my question for you is what do you currently see as the biggest benefit that AI can bring you in your content marketing efforts? What's the biggest benefit you feel like this is going to bring you in your content marketing efforts. Here are a few uh, possible responses you could be thinking right now. So you could be saying, well, this is going to help us stay ahead of trends and adapt to changing technology. You could say it will make content production easy, fast, and incredibly uh, so fast that we can radically increase our content output. You might be saying or thinking, well, this is going to help us make better content marketing decisions. Or you could be saying, this will help us better serve our customers with high quality content that meets their needs. We're going to go through all four of these today. But what I can tell you is that we're still in the early days of AI. It's been around for years, but we're really starting to see these tools become way more accessible. And literally billions of dollars are being pumped into these startups that are, are crafting new tools for us. We uh, here at Impact are still very much in the lab, so to speak, uh, learning about these tools, um, trying to figure out the best way that they can be used. And, and in many ways, we are thinking of these four possible responses that I just gave you as well. Now, the thing about these different responses, though, is that some of them fall short on what I believe to be the biggest benefit that AI can bring to us. And we'll, and we'll talk about why some of these fall radically short of what is truly possible. If you're thinking to yourself, though, this is going to help us stay ahead of trends. We're going to be able to adapt quicker. I've got a kind of a sobering uh, study I want to talk to you about. Um, according to research uh, from the cloud computing company, Rackspace, they server, sor surveyed 1,420 IT decision makers. Most leaders, about 88%, say non-technical C-suite members are aware of the bottom line upside to applications and technology, but tech awareness is uneven among leaders. So what we see here is that the IT decision makers rank these different C-suite members like CIOs, CTOs, CEOs as the leaders that are most aware of the link between technology and the bottom line. But by contrast, chief revenue, marketing, and operating officers are least aware of the benefits of new technology. That's a, a kind of a sobering thing to look at, right? It's like you kind of think about sales, sales leaders and marketing leaders is like, they're always talking about technology, right? CRMs and websites and social media. But in terms of their understanding of the benefits of new technology to the bottom line, they're actually vastly uh, behind the rest, which was surprising for me to see. 
but it also makes a lot of sense. In fact, for most of those peers, C-suite executives. So talking about the assessment of, of, of CMOs, they say, well, we feel marketing leadership's number one gap is the modernization of the marketing organization, its systems, and its operations. This is according to what's called the C-suite scorecard report by the CMO council. And they survey about 120 enterprise business leaders, companies of all sizes. And this is what they're saying, right? Marketing leadership's number one gap is the modernization of the organization and its systems. Now, when we we think about adapting to trends and new technologies, one thing that I want to talk about is what we can actually learn from the past about what that can lead to. Because if we go into the conversation about AI and we just go, well, this is going to help us keep up with everybody else we have the potential to make big mistakes, potentially grave mistakes. A couple of things that y'all might know, depending on how long you've been in marketing or how long you've been in business, there's been different marketing practices throughout the years that have come and gone. um, And some that are to this day kind of unethical to do, but they were at one point a best practice. Anybody who's familiar with the old black hat SEO tactics, things like keyword stuffing, where you know, the way that SEO used to work, if you had enough keywords on a page, you could actually rank really high for that particular keyword phrase. And so guess what? Marketers abused that. And they would just be stuffing all sorts of keywords and stuff. And it was a horrible ex- a user experience. And Google eventually came up with guidelines that said, if you do that, you're going to be punished for that. We're not going to rank your stuff anymore. And so they found ways to, to almost force marketers' hands to be more ethical. I'm sure you all remember in the very early days of Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest, one of the big things, the trends was posting as much as you could on these platforms. Hey, if you could post 20 times a day, you were going to get better results. For a while, it was a trend. And what do we know now? We actually know that's the worst thing that you can do. You don't spam your followers. You don't try unethical practices to build your social media following. You have to lead with value. This is what happens when we have a trend or what might be deemed as a best practice that everyone jumps on ends up getting ruined for everybody else. We have to know that about AI as well. So we can't just say we're going into this just to adapt. What we can say is how are we changing based on the buying trends of our customers? Look, a lot of this AI talk that that you hear and that you see a lot of it is about you know how can companies use it and how can you create more content and how can you do all these things. What people don't seem to be talking about is, well, how are our customers going to use AI? How are our real buyers going to use things like chat GPT? How is it going to affect their experience? Well, we know a few things are going to be happening because we've seen in the past. They're going to be looking for content that is highly personalized to their unique situation. We don't have to settle for that first result that Google gives us anymore. We can use natural language processing to say, what's the best X for me as a blank, right? You could add in qualities about yourself and say, what's the best for me? And you're going to be looking for highly personalized content based on that. We know that buyers are going to continue to use it to to compare and narrow down their options. We're going to be more impatient in the next five years than we were in the previous five years. We're not going to want to do a a bunch of research on a hundred different websites. We're going to want to quickly narrow down our options. The way that we do now 
but it'll be even easier with AI. Uh, we, you and I, and your customer, we're going to be attempting to find better, more accurate pricing information. We're going to be looking for deals, looking for discounts, using tools that help us crawl massive amounts of information to find the best pricing information. And finally, we're going to be quickly eliminating service level content that's written for SEO and not for humans. The things that a couple years ago, we were so proud of as organizations because we said, wow, this is like Google's dream, this piece of content that I just wrote right here. The search engines are going to love this. They're going to go crazy over it. Those same things aren't going to be as useful in a couple years to a buyer as they might have been today. We're going to want deeper insights. We're going to want more stories and to know that something was crafted by a human. We're not going to settle for the surface level stuff anymore. Here's the great news that I have for you though. Our big five are still going to be as relevant 20 years from now as they were in the past 20 years. You're still going to be the things that we're thinking about when we spend our money. You know, everyone's all up in arms. How do we adapt to the trends? And one of the trends for a long time has been talking about cost and price. Yet how many websites have you been to recently where you still can't find cost and price information, right? Like it's almost accepted as a practice now at this point. We got to do it. We got to talk more about it, but so many aren't. It's still going to be a trend going forward. Talking about the problems with something, especially when someone asks an AI platform, what are the mistakes that I can make? That content has to be there. We're still going to be comparing things. We want to know what the best is, even if we don't buy the best. And we still want to have access to reviews. In fact, I think reviews are going to be even more important if they're done right, because we're going to want information that we know was put together by a human versus solely by an AI platform. We've been trained to think this way. We're, we're likely going to continue thinking this way. And so these, these are going to uh, continue to be trends. We just have to think about how are we addressing them deeper and better than anybody else. The next thing that we talked about, you may, your mind may have gone to um, AI is going to help us make the content production process super easy. Right? It's going to be so fast. It's going to radically increase our content output. For some people, they're even thinking things like, do we even need content marketers anymore? Can we just replace them with AI? It seems to be a lot more efficient and a lot more cost effective. Is that what we should be doing? Fact of the matter is, there's a line here, a line that we uh, we we got to think about. Now, um, the folks over at Animals, which is a, a big uh, content marketing agency, they put this great uh, article together about the utilization of AI and human inputs, and they actually gave names to a couple different approaches. I think it's great, so I want to present it to you. Let's say we said, all right, for some of our content production, it's going to be 100% AI driven. Because let's face it, the AI software, it's, it's better read than any marketer we could ever hire because it has access to, to uh, way more information and can actually understand that information. It can write significantly faster than a human and they don't get writer's block, right? So we could be the AI maximalist, 100% AI input to produce our content. Here's the big problem with that. An AI platform all of the ones that are out today, they, they present fiction with the same certainty as fact. It has no ability to understand what is a fact and, and what is fiction. They ramble 
on and they just don't go anywhere. I'm sure you've experienced this before. If you've read a piece of content that was produced solely by AI, it's hard to read. The other thing too about being an AI maximalist is that AI can't provide you with a solid recommendation. You could go and ask it, who are some of the best, I don't know, inbound marketing agencies in the world. And it's going to just grab something from somebody else. It doesn't have the actual ability to make you a recommendation and say, here's what you should do. Here's what you should work with. So there's diminishing returns to being the maximalist. So you could say, okay, well, what if I was a writing purist? What if 100% of our content was 100% human, written by humans? We get to control every aspect of how that content is researched and, and written about. It's a human writing to a human, so we can interlay natural empathy and things that people uh, want to read about. But here's the issue with that. It's, we're never going to be as fast as AI. You could make the argument that we're not going to be nearly as creative. So this would almost be like tying a hand behind your back, right? 100% human input, that's got diminishing returns as well. So you say, well, then what's the natural uh, conclusion here of how AI should be utilized? Well, it's what animals refers to as that content cyborg. It's a combination of the two. It doesn't have to be 50-50 human to AI, but let's face it, a marketer who knows how to use these vast amount of tools is going to be more effective than one that doesn't. And an AI platform, no matter how good it gets, is only going to be good as good as the person who is using it. When these two can come together to produce content as one, humans can't produce an article in two minutes, but AI can. AI can't make a compelling argument based on what's seen in the marketplace, but a human can. So these two can work together. Let me just give you an example of, a, of a, what might be a content cyborg approach. Let's say you've got um, an email from a, a, a salesperson that's on your team and they were answering a question to a prospect. Could you take that email, right? Which by the way, was human input to begin with when you got the email, when they typed it out. Could you take that email, punch it into an AI platform and say, hey, can you summarize this? And or can you write me the beginning of an article about this email? We're combining AI and human. Let's say you're a content manager who just sat down and had a, a mind-blowing interview with a subject matter expert. That's human input. You had to develop the right questions to ask. They had to answer the questions. Could you use AI to help you structure a good piece of that content and worry about things like the intro and the call to action and things that make the biggest difference within that? Craft visuals, things like that. These are just two examples of how you're combining human input with AI, but AI will only be as good as the folks that are using it. Let me give you an example, though, of a specific principle that if you're familiar with they ask, you answer, you know about this principle, you've been uh, taught this principle through the book, and it's something that I don't believe an AI platform is going to be very good at doing. The principle of disarmament is when we're approaching what might be a difficult topic, and we're able to lower the defensive of that reader or viewer. So for instance, if I um, let's say I'm an inbound marketing agency and I'm writing an article about how much it costs to work with an inbound marketing agency. You as the reader are already going to have your defenses up because I'm biased. You know I'm biased. So 
the first thing I have to do is I have to try and deal with that, that perception of bias and I have to disarm the reader. So I say things like, if you're reading this article, it's likely be because you're looking to hire an inbound marketing agency and you're probably thinking to yourself right now, what are some of the things that can make it more expensive? What are some of the things that could make it cheaper? Should I even be looking at hiring a content or an inbound marketing agency at all? Well, in this article, we're going to address with full transparency the, the major mistakes that people make when they're hiring agencies, what would be too much to spend, and uh, how to avoid making mistakes throughout this process. That is the principle of disarmament in action. That's thinking about, as the human, what is that reader or viewer already thinking in their minds? Great salespeople do this. Great writers do this. This is a principle that has to be executed by some sort of human input. They have the experience to do so. Now, maybe you thought earlier when I asked you the question, well, AI, this is really going to help us make better content marketing decisions. So again, the question we have to ask, our, ask ourselves is, what are decisions that it should be making? What are decisions that it, it shouldn't be making? Where's the line here? Because there's a point of diminishing return with using artificial intelligence to make decisions for us. If you've ever spent any time producing any piece of content, if you're a content writer or maybe just somebody who reviews content, here's a short list of the decisions that you have to make when you're producing that content. What am I going to title this article? Should I target a specific group of people or should I make it more general information? What should my meta description be? What would be a good featured image? How should I write my headings throughout the article? What are some things that I need to show visually? What are the best keywords to target? Should I customize the CTA for this article? Again, this is a short list of decisions you would have to make, not even about what goes in to the article, not the good stuff, but just how are you going to create it? These are things that could be, though, done with AI input. Absolutely, they could, and you could make these decisions much, much faster. There are things, though, that you still want to make decisions on. One example would be making a recommendation based on experience within your marketplace, the stuff that actually shows high subject matter expertise. If you're this type of person, here's what you should do. If you're experiencing this, this might be the best option for you. Actually making recommendations, again, like we talked about earlier, people are going to want more highly personalized stuff to them. So we have to find ourselves in a situation where we can make recommendations. The second thing is actually determining what buyers are asking and what they're struggling with. One of the most frequent things that I've seen people use AI for recently is they, they'll just ask it, what are things that my audience is looking for? Uh, what are topics that I could cover in my marketplace? To me, if you do that and eight of your competitors do the same thing, guess what? Everyone's got the same stuff. Everyone's going for that SEO optimization. They're not actually making a big difference um, in, in the lives of their buyers. They need to be thinking, what are these buyers actually struggling with? The third thing in terms of decisions that humans actually need to make is telling stories, giving examples, warning about mistakes that people could make. There are tools that help you. We're going to talk about a couple in a second that can help you craft a story 
but it can't come up with the story. If, if we go back to that um, article I talked about earlier, let's say I was writing, how much does it cost to work with an inbound marketing agency? One way for me to make that highly personalized and even better and deeper than before is I might say, here's a scenario in which I worked with a prospect who was looking for this and um, you know, they were making the, the choice solely based on price. They chose the lower cost option and here's what happened. And then here's what they had to fix later on. So I actually share a story about somebody who made a mistake or mistakes that I've seen so as to make that content better. AI can't do that. It doesn't have the experience. It didn't experience the thing. Finally, if you said earlier, what's the biggest benefit that AI can give to us? It will help us better serve our customers with high quality content that meets their needs. I would say this is by far the biggest benefit that AI will bring us when it, with respect to content marketing. So the things that we have to ask ourselves is, well, how do we teach the thing better when the playing field is leveled in some respects? When anybody can produce content in a matter of minutes, how do we teach it better than anybody else? How can we show it better when people can make a video script in 30 seconds? You even have platforms now where, where you can feed a video script into a program and it'll give you a pretty lifelike person that's delivering that message. Knowing that that is the playing field now, how can you show it better than anybody else? And finally, but most importantly, we have to be asking, how can we induce more trust? Not focused on just what the competition is doing or staying ahead of trends or doing things that make content easier and faster or even outsourcing a bulk of the decisions. The, the, if you boil this down, the biggest thing that we need to think about in respect to AI is how can we use it to induce more trust than ever before? We know that's the fundamental emotion our buyer needs to feel towards us. So that's the question we should be asking. Now, we spent a bit of time with a lot of different platforms lately, and I want to share with you some of these different platforms, what they do and how you might be able to use them. Now, before I give you these things, I have to, to give you a couple warnings. The first thing is these platforms and this landscape is changing so fast. Some of these things could be gone next week, right? There's no guarantee that some of these tools will be around forever. That's how fast things are changing. I can also tell you, I um, haven't used all of them for all of the same thing. So as I tell you what they do, that's not me vouching for it. That's just me giving you a sense as to what the thing does. Um, and finally, some of these have problems with basic things that they need to do, like citing sources and detecting plagiarism and all of those things. Don't look at this, any of this as legal advice. Go use this tool and just have at. Do your own investigating, figure out what's good for you, what you want to pay, and, and, and you'll be set up to succeed here. First, we got to start with my, my pal here, ChatGPT. Um, this is the one that many of us have heard about. This is one of those ones that could be gone in two weeks for all we know, and it's been under some heat in terms of lawsuits and things like that. However, it is it has a very search engine-esque type of vibe to it. You can pretty much ask it anything, and it, it give you at least a pretty good start for a lot of the questions you might have. Um, a downside to ChatGPT currently is that it, it's slow or completely off 
during uh, times of high traffic. So you could be counting to go and use it, and it's not even there when you need it. It does pretty good with optimizing existing copies. So what I will do is I might take something that I wrote out completely, you know, a few bullet points for, let's say, one of these shows or a title for a video or an article. I already wrote something and I give it over and I ask specific things. Make this more fun. Make this more concise. Make this, you know, more better. Whatever it might be. So it does well with optimizing stuff you've already come up with. Another downside to it though is that it only has data from what I understand through 2001. So if you're looking for like hot new things, it's not going to return a lot of that stuff to you. Um, another copywriting tool is Jasper AI. What I like about Jasper, at least the way that it's set up, is it, it eliminates a lot of the learning curve that you're going to have with something like ChatGPT. With, with uh, ChatGPT, you need to know how to prompt it. You have to know how to ask a question properly so you get the right thing in return. Jasper has a range of different templates and what they call recipes that give you the prompts that you need to ask it to give you a certain output. So if you're trying to develop a video script, there's a recipe for that. It'll give you the right things to input and the right things to ask it to give you the right output. It can do entire pieces of, of content, entire article, entire video script. It has a, a kind of useful image generator. So if you're looking to have your own art be produced in five seconds, it'll do that. The only thing I've heard about this, I haven't necessarily seen it firsthand, but I have uh, heard about, it's got a bit of a reputation for having some low quality output. I suppose that depends on the quality of what you're expecting to get out of it. But I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't use this as one of those 100% AI uh, driven content machines. Next, we've got Surfer. Surfer is great for an SEO-minded marketer who wants more tools than they've had in the past to get SEO recommendations in real time. It's got a beautiful user interface. I think it's really cool. It gives you a score all along the way. It detects plagiarism as you're going. And you know, in real time, you can highlight a sentence and get suggestions on how to make that better. It just makes things very, very fast. Again, this is going to be good when you have quality inputs. If the inputs that you've got, which you're giving it, aren't good, this isn't going to fill in all those gaps. But Surfer is a great one to check out. This one, I'm not sure how to pronounce, but I think it's Tome, perhaps, or To Me. I don't know. Uh, this is great for one of those marketers or content producers that really wants to tell better stories. Um, again, you need to come to this with quality inputs, but you could feed this a story, whether that story be a storyline of a web page, whether it be a story you're crafting for an article or a video, and it will give you enhancements on how to make that better. It's what they're calling generative storytelling. I think it's a really neat idea. Um, I hope more tools specifically around storytelling come out, but this is one that you could check out today. And finally, last tool I've got for you today is Copy AI. This is, you know, somebody who is just sitting typing for most of their day is going to love this tool because whether you're doing email copy, blog articles, conversion copy, website copy, copy, social media ads, whatever, they have a ton of tools and templates in there that you can access today. It's relatively inexpensive. I think the interface is pretty cool. 
but these are now five suggestions of tools that you can go and experiment with. But I, I just want to leave that last caveat. These tools are only as good as the inputs you can give them. They're only as good as the humans that are actually operating them. Don't phone it in because you have these tools now. In fact, here's how to think different for this week. Here's a few things, a few questions I want you thinking about. So in this new sea of what will be fluffy content, fluffy content being stuff that's not valuable, but it was enough to publish. How can you provide world-class content and be the best in your industry? We're going to see just a proliferation of new content because it's easier now. So how do you make the best, the world-class stuff? As this continues to become more competitive, even more companies get into content marketing. Are you ready to redefine what better looks like? Are you willing to look at what you did this year or last year and say, we can't keep doing it that way. We have to get better and we need to redefine what better for us looks like. And finally, when it comes to adapting to change, are we going to focus on changing with the competition or are we going to focus on with our customer? We talked lightly today about what, what are the trends that we might see from the way that customers use AI, but I'd say that's actually a great place to start. Not just how are, are you going to use it to produce content or make your sales and marketing decisions, but how do you foresee your customer base using these tools so that they can make better decisions for themselves? And now's the beautiful time for AMA. So here's one that came in in the middle of the presentation, Zach. They said, I don't think AI will replace humans, but is a content manager still worth the investment? Seems like it's easier than ever to tack content onto an existing marketing coordinator at this point. Um, okay. So the question was, is it still worth it to invest in the salary of a content manager when I could just buy one of these relative to what we're talking about, inexpensive tools and just tack it onto somebody else? Um, the answer, of course, is yeah, you could do that. Does that mean that that's going to be the best way to stay competitive and implement they ask you answer within your company? No, of course not. I, what we're going to see here is that the marketers, though, that use the tools, they're going to be able to do more and create stuff that's better. So that means that the bar is moving. That doesn't mean that what we see right now is the, as the minimum expectation. Okay, well, then AI can just do the minimum now. That might be true but you're still going to have so many out there who do have full-time content managers and content marketers. They're using AI, the bar is going to move. So in order to, to stay in front of this with our customers, we, we still need to make the right investment. I can tell you content manager job right now is 40 hours a week to uh, do what we see is about three articles a week and some other, you know, admin stuff, perhaps. Um, I think the new expectation might be that content manager could realistically do four or five articles a week, and they're actually very high quality. And it's not just a numbers game. We're just really addressing a ton of questions for our customers and just doing better stuff. Uh, so that's what I think we're going to see in the future. It's a great question. All right. Here's another one. Will the rise of AI make written content less trusted and therefore one day obsolete? Should we be focusing more on video instead? You and I, everybody here, we're going to develop a better gauge as to what is quality when it comes to the content that we consume. I don't care if it's written, video, social media, whatever. We're going to move with at the same pace, same rate as the technology. 
in terms of what we expect. And so there are certainly things that you are going to want to read, you're going to want to consume and spend time with. And not all of that's not going to be video. I think that's that would be wrong to assume that everything's just going to go to visual. It's not the most time effective way to consume information. Um, it's not the best way for a lot of people to learn. A lot of people learn by actually reading. And so I I think that the split should be just the same as it has been in terms of my my take, 50-50. You should have a lot of visual components. You should have ways to communicate where people can see you and hear you and know you. And you should also have a ton of text because that's what so many people want to learn. Yeah, I think it depends too on your target audience, right? Where are they going to search? Is it automatically Google or is it platforms like TikTok where they're going to value video and trust video more over text? So I think that's another important thing to note. All right. How is AI changing search though? I've heard about a chat GPT interface with Bing. Look, we're already seeing it. Search is going to become more dynamic. That's what chat GPT is doing for so many of us already. We're, we're not going to want to go and make a Google search for everything and just click the top result, do a bunch of research. We're going to have this like interwoven kind of chat experience. I think the search engines are realizing that you've got things like, uh, what did you just mention Bing? Yeah, yeah. There, there's an interface that's um, in the works right now between Bing and ChatGPT. They better do something. They're going to keep up with Google. Um, you've got Bard, right? Which is Google's thing that they're doing. They're, these, these companies are massive. And they're not dumb. They're going to find a way to adapt to the way that people are not going to expect to search and find information. Whoever said that the best way the best way to find information is by typing one question into a little search bar and you get 40 results. Nobody ever said that's the best way. That's just the way that we've been doing it. There's going to be new ways for us to search and find access to information. So um, search engines are still going to be relevant. They're just going to have to keep up. So what are the best prompts for AI tools when writing content? Is there any way I can measure their effectiveness? When you have good inputs, you will get better outcomes from these natural language processing algorithms. And you just have to know what you want. Like you, I, I joked earlier when I said, hey, here's this thing, make it better. Um, I joked about that, but that's I think people will actually try to do things like that. Well, what's better? Like if you're a marketer, you should be thinking about, well, what do I want to do to make this better? Do I need to be asking it to make it more fun? Do I need to be asking it to make it more concise? Do I need to be asking it to make it more clear? You need to know what you're trying to get out of it. Some of the platforms, they just tell you like enhance, like you put something in there and it spits you out a thing. And then it has a little button that says enhance. I, I don't know how much we should trust that. I think that we should perhaps use it to our advantage, but you really need to know what you're getting out of it. All right. So if there, it seems like there's multiple AI tools that can accomplish the same task. How do I choose the right one? Uh, flip a coin. No, I'm kidding. Some of the tools are very similar, just in the sense that they all pretty much produce copy. So I think you need to figure out what's most important. What are the things you're trying to have it do for you? If it's storytelling, that one that I showed you, Tome or Tumi, um, that's what it's specifically made for is for storytelling. Uh, copy dot AI that's that's made for long form content production, um, but also does things like conversion copy. I don't think you should invest in one. I think you should probably invest in a couple. They're the the cost of these is pretty low. I'd say you need to just find a way to test it to figure out what you really need it to do and find what you like. It's just like should you use um, Google Docs or Microsoft Word? 
I don't know which whichever one works better for you, right? So like they're doing the same thing. So I think it's very similar with a lot of these products. They're very they're very um, similar in many ways, and I think it just comes down to who's got the best user interface and the coolest tools. All right, a few more here. Are there? I see how AI can help me with written content, but are there other ways that AI can help my content strategy besides just blog articles? Yes. So, I mean, you name it, AI could help you out with it. Just depends on what part of that you're trying to outsource. These AI platforms, they can look through analytics and help you make sense of those. They can help you identify your market, like help you do market research and identify gaps and trends within the marketplace. Uh, you can use it to, you know, make sense of your projections and, you know, your revenue target. You could kind of do some quick math and things like that. Like there's, there's so much that it can do. If you think about AI, all it is, is like, it's, it's giving you access to a massive amount of information and a way to parse through all of that information. So if it requires deep thought or like kind of an algorithmic assessment of something, it can probably do it where it doesn't do as well as human experience, like the things that it literally can't experience for itself. Yes, there are many things that it can do. I mean, I could go on for a couple hours about what it could do. Yeah, from a marketing perspective too, um, some other ways I've used it personally is uh, it can fix code, like HTML code. So if there's something that's not working correctly or formatting correctly on your website, you can pop in the code and it'll identify the error, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, you can also, as Zach said, take like large amounts of information. So for instance, transcripts to video or podcasts that you want it to summarize for you. If you don't have the time to, to watch or listen to the full thing, you can also do, also do that. So just another food for thought. So I see the benefits and efficiency to using AI tools. If I am happy with my content managers and marketing team, are there any real drawbacks just not using AI at all? Um, yeah. So the question was, is there any real drawbacks to not using it? What I think we don't often think about is that we've already been using it. So, you know, if you use Grammarly, anybody's ever heard of Grammarly before? It's a Google Chrome uh, plugin. It helps you write stuff that makes you sound better in your emails and things like that. Guess what? It's powered by AI. Um, you know, the algorithms that run our search engines that we use right now, they run on AI. <clears throat> so we're already using it. It's not a matter of like, is this going to affect us? Should we get on board with it or not? It's like, you need to pick where where you're going to use this to enhance what you're doing right now. I, are there people who do no digital marketing and they're still doing like mailers and things like that? Yeah, they, those people exist. Those companies exist. But I think the future looks a little grim for anybody who's not adapted by this point. I think it's going to be the same thing with AI. We're experiencing right now, like there's going to be a lagging effect. Not everybody's going to jump on it. Not everybody does content marketing right now. I mean, let's be real. Not everybody does it well. So it's not so much of like, am I going to get left behind? It's like, you have a huge opportunity on the table here. It's up to you whether you want to capitalize on it or not. All right. Uh, do you have any real world examples of the biggest mistake you've either seen your clients or others make when starting to incorporate AI into their strategy? Well, I think the biggest mistake is just overestimating what you are going to use it for and what you want it to do. <clears throat> if you heard somebody on a sales call ask you, so can you break down for me, what are the major factors of price here? And so you went to uh, chat GBT and you said, write me an article on the factors of price with my thing. Um, I think you're overestimating what 
it's made to do or, or, or what it can do to make it valuable. And you're underestimating the expectation of what you need to produce to actually address that problem. I don't have like a cardinal, the cardinal sins of AI yet. Again, we're still very early in this, but I, th- I just think that's the biggest one is like, as you get in and experiment with it, I think it's overestimating what it's, it's meant to do or what it can do for you and underestimating the value of what, or under, uh, underestimating the effort that you're going to have to put in to continue to stay relevant for your customers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John, I did see you made a, a really interesting point in the chat. Did you want to come off mute and just talk to Zach about that a little bit? Yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, chat, uh, AI, uh, chat GPT is a lot like GPS when it first came out, right? It still requires a little bit of human intel for it to be relatable with getting the exact results that you want. So I think for content creation, in most cases, like if you're using it to just say, hey, what are the top best ways to create a video of XYZ? You're going to get the meat, you'll get the bulk of your stuff, but you still have to go in there and and, and do some some editing. And I think, um, so I, and I do have a question here. And the question is, you know, I think interviewing your customers and finding out how they're interacting with Jeep, with AI and, and what types of things they look for uh, in their daily work is, it, you know, I, I, I see the value in that, but I, I don't know how to mass survey or, or identify within chat GPT what my customers are, are searching for. Like, what are the questions that they're looking for? Whereas, you know, with, with Google, you get ranking, right? It's most popular, right? And you get a, a, a filtration, even though it's somewhat gained, but, you know, you at least get a better idea. Yeah. And I think from a user perspective, all roads need to lead to that subject matter expert. So trust is a big factor in, in AI. So how do you find out what your customers are, are, are looking up or using AI for? Yeah. Well, my initial question, John, would be, do you actually need to know that? Or is it more of understanding the things that they're not thinking about when they use tools like this? So <clears throat> to give you an example of this, I don't know that the goal should be that you, you know, you're producing something that a natural language processing platform is going to serve up to somebody. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see where things go. Yeah. But right now there's no sources. So I don't know the goal is like, let me make it good for the AI to serve it up to somebody because there's a good chance they could serve it up and they don't even know who, who, who did it. What I would say is, can we make stuff that it like, if we just thought about what are the mistakes that we see the buyers make the most, what are the real fears, but the, but the questions that they're not asking, but they should be. And we produce content about those things so they can go, they can use the AI, they can get surface level answers, whatever. But, oh, when they interact with us, we're giving them the stuff that they're going, I never would have thought about this. And that's now where we get the trust. So table stakes might be in the past factors that affect cost. In the future, it's here's the things you should absolutely not spend money on when you buy our thing. That's value, right? That's going to blow them away. So to answer your question, I think it's a really good question. It's like, how do we know really what they're looking for? I, I would go, do we need to know that? Or is it just us going, if we're going to be the leader in this marketplace, what are the things nobody else is talking about, but we know people need to be asking? Great question, John. Thanks for, uh, this is the first time I've heard your voice, I think. Well, this was a question in regards to the asking answer in it. So you sort of answered it just now, so I think it's a great time to ask it. 
I'm practicing the ask you answer. And given Taya is all about becoming the most trusted voice in your space, it actually seems like AI tools, using AI tools at all is just too risky. Do you agree? So again, it depends on what you're trying to get out of it. I I have yet to use these tools to like, I'm going to scale my subject matter expertise. So I'm going to put all my stuff in here and have it do the work of producing the content for me. I'm more of like, I'm writing something or I'm I'm writing a video script or something. And, and I'm like, I'm going to write this just like the way that I think it should sound. And I'll ask if it's a better way to say this. That doesn't pose an inherent risk. Like I'd be safe in the law's eyes. Like I wrote that. It just changed it. Um, versus when I say, you know, write me something about this and it does all of the work. I think that is risky. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. That's some of the hot water that some of these AI platforms are, are, are having right now when it comes to like the creative, um, or you could say the distribution of art. So a lot of artists are getting like really ripped off in terms of their style because these AI image generators are just grabbing whatever. And it's like, well, what's fair use? You know, what percentage of it is actually the artist versus the AI? I think it's going to be the same thing with, with the written word. You know, what's fair use? Is there a way, is there like a literally a percentage of, of, do I have to give it 400 words and then it gives me 200 back and that's fair use? I, I don't know that we know that yet, but like Gabe said, which I think is pretty good. No risk, no reward. I think we sh should be kind of getting our toes in the water here. Just be as ethical as you can be. You're going to know when something's right or not right. I think, I think we know like, okay, I'm, I'm over indulging here in this, in this tool versus I'm using it in a smart way. So, but I don't think it's too risky to even get into. Keep us in the loop with what you're doing with AI. We'd love to hear from you if you have anything cool you want to share with us. And I hope you have a tremendous rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you on the next one.